0: am 1060 kdus tempe phoenix and kslx hd2 scottsdale phoenix
1: it's now time to enter the sports zone with your host bob kemp here they come again there's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey, who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. This is not a designed play. Kelsey's always looks around as if he's a quarterback, and he does this. And I can't believe it. I think Off it's line, coming back. Number 19 offense lined up in the neutral zone. Wow. Five-yard penalty. Check it out. Four. Prescott, bouncing, looking, escaping, throwing on the run, flag is down, his lamb catches it, takes it to the end zone for a touchdown, but there is a flag down and this is coming back. A referee tonight, John Hussey. There is no foul on
0: the play, the result of the play is a touchdown.
1: Beal, the crossover. Oh, nice step, turns, shoots and scores. Bradley Beal with a big bucket. Henry. Cuts it back, dives and scores, and Tennessee has tied it up with the PAT coming. Incredible rally. Two yards here to keep the game alive here. Tua in traffic. He'll be brought down, and Tennessee is going to secure an incredible, improbable comeback victory and win for the road on the first time this year. Officially 37 yards. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants and Tommy DeVito (laughs) and Brian Dable. They have one three straight. Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060. And now, here's your Sports Zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 12th edition of the Sports Zone. It is to December 12th, right? Yeah, it is. It's December 12th. Got that right. So we're off to a hot start here. The Tuesday, December 12th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD2 100.7, the Chiefs, are they legitimate AFC contenders? Are they legitimate AFC contenders? Dak Prescott, will he win the NFL MVP award? Monday Night Football. Has your opinion of the Dolphins and Jordan Love changed since last night, or during last night, and what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative Sports Talk Monday through Friday, and moments of have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15 our final fantasy football update in 2023, with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. 10:30 interactive action at 602-260-1060, and also some local roundup including depending on phone call volume, we'll have some uh, local basketball observations. Final segment of the Sports sum. it'll be the National Roundup topped by Dolphins, Titans, and Giants and Packers analysis from last night. Right now, onto the pipeline we go.
0: Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion.
1: And we start with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is, are the the Chiefs, are they legitimate? The Chiefs, are they legitimate AFC contenders? Corey is here and has the early returns. Split perfect 50-50, yes and no, right now on kdus1060.com. The Chiefs, after the correctly officiated Sunday loss to the Bills, are now 2-4 and four in their last six games. They've lost three games at home this season. Of course, they played every AFC playoff game during the Patrick Mahomes era in Kansas City. On to today's Twitter poll question, will Dak Prescott win the NFL MVP award? And once again, Corey has the early returns. No is leading 86.7% of the vote there. Yes, at 13.3% right now, Kdusam 1060 on Twitter. Dak after the Cowboys' physical domination of the Eagles on Sunday night. Uh, Dak and the Cowboys, they remain undefeated at home, but the next two games for the Cowboys are on the road at Buffalo and Miami. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns apparently will get Bradley Beal back tonight against the Warriors, which means that Steve Kerr will have another chance to complain about the Suns' in-game music. It is a legitimate concern about the Suns, the 12-10 start to the season. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Monday night football twin bill was entertaining. The Dolphins lost for the first time this season to a team below 500, following to the Titans, And the Packers lost on a final play to the Giants on a night that Jordan Love resembled an inexperienced quarterback. Kind of like he did the first part of the season before he might have fooled some of us the previous three games prior to last night. Has your opinion of the Dolphins and Jordan Love changed after last night? Also in this hour, it is last call for NFL Week 14. So whether it is the supposed Chiefs-Bills controversy whether it be the Cowboys' physical domination of the Eagles or the Vikings' and Raiders' 3-0 shootout, get those comments in today at the bottom of the hour. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational one-hour radio extravaganza. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. coming up next it'll be Corey with the news update lost my place there for a second but i've figured it out because i'm sometimes occasionally once in a while once in a great moon uh a smart guy all right coming up next Corey cory a news update that'll be followed by a playoff fantasy football update with john mckechnie from rotowire.com once again at the bottom of the hour it'll be phone call time once again, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Get those final football comments from the NFL week in, because after this hour, moving on after that. Uh, also, we might have a little, now that I think about this, we might have a little more about some of the games over the weekend tomorrow, but that's neither here or there, because I just kind of thought of that off the top of my head. Also, uh, the local roundup at the top, bottom of the hour. And that'll include some local basketball observations. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 KISS Lux HD2
0: 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp and the Silver Bullet Band with Bob Seger, and uh, the uh, listen to KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss HD two one hundred point seven. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from seven to ten a.m. All right, the fantasy football playoffs started in most leagues this week. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by John McKechnie of rodowire.com. All right, John, Monday Night Football, the doubleheader is pretty entertaining last night. Were there any fantasy uh, angles uh, that came out of last night for you? Um, well,
0: let's see. I mean, uh, we can start uh, in in the Miami-Tennessee uh, game. Um, I, I thought Tajay Spears looked pretty solid overall once he got opportunities, but but obviously um wasn't like a huge, huge fantasy day for him. But uh, I, I continue to feel like he's an interesting player maybe going – uh, into next year. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akina, like he's capable of, of doing things on occasion, but uh, it, it just as easily seems to go away uh, for him. And, and uh, you know, Will Levis ha- showed a pulse, of course. I mean, that was a phenomenal game from him, the, the best game that he's played uh, since his debut against the Falcons. But, you know, we have, what, two good games and a sample of mu- that's much larger of him being uh, middling to, to below average. So take that uh, for, for what you will going into this week's game. Um, and then on, on the Miami side, I mean, we, we saw uh, just just how impactful uh, Tyreek Hill is on that offense, with him getting dinged up on, on that tackle mm-hmm. and not really being himself for the rest of the game. The rest of the Miami offense mostly, uh, you know, fluttered. Uh, they got two gift touchdowns in the fourth quarter to go up by two touchdowns, but they really were uh, on balance outplayed for the majority of the evening is disappointing to, to, you know, not see a guy like Jalen Waddle, like really step up it, into that number one role uh, without Tyreek Hill. Um, so that was a little bit tough. I, I thought um, as far as uh, the Packers giants game goes, first of all, way more entertaining than I think anyone could have expected yeah. a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm starting to believe in this Tommy DeVito kid. I, I cannot believe yeah. it, um, but
1: your guy, um, your guy yeah. from back of the day.
0: That's right. I mean, I remember him back when he was on Syracuse before he even kind of got yeah. on the NFL radar at, at Illinois. So, unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, for, for him to turn out the way that he has. He, he made a guy like Wandale Robinson look good last night. I've always been a Wandale fan, but, um, you know, him coming off the ACL as, as a rookie last year, you, you you know, rightfully a little bit concerned about his utility going into this season but but he looked good I I don't really put much stock in Isaiah Hodgins catching that touchdown I I still think that his uh week-to-week floor is is too low to really feel confident starting at this stage of the season uh Saquon Barkley looked good outside of that fumble but that was on uh, the back end of an impressive run and then uh the the Packers you just got to give it up to them as far as their ability to find receivers in the draft that, that aren't first-round type of talents. I mean, Jaden Reed looked good. Mm -hmm. Dontavian Wicks looked good. Um, Was that even Malik Heath catching the touchdown late in the game? I I could not believe that also. So, I mean, the the Packers are deep at receiver, but that also kind of hurts us for fantasy, right, because there isn't like that clear answer on a week-to-week basis.
1: Yeah, no Devontae Adams, uh, which we knew was going on with him every week for years. (laughs) There we go. All right, Justin Jefferson, uh, the number one overall pick in many fantasy leagues, which were seems like it was years ago, but it was only a few months ago, finally returned on Sunday against the Raiders, and after two catches he left with a new injury, his time a chest injury. Do we expect him to play on Saturday? And Nick Mullins will be the latest uh, pitcher for the Vikings, it appears, this week.
0: Exactly. So that, that to me is more concerning than, than Jefferson's availability at this stage. Obviously, he did have to, to go to a local hospital uh, to get further evaluation a, after that chest injury on Sunday. But I think he, he's going to be all right. You hate that it's a short week, though, uh, with, with that game coming on, on Saturday. But I, I'm most concerned with the fact that um, the, the Vikings are going to be turning the keys over to, to Nick Mullins. I think attaching uh, any you know fantasy asset to, to him is is a uh, precarious proposition and and it's it gets tougher when it's a guy like Justin Jefferson right where it's like well if he's if he's playing I, I gotta play him right but yeah not so sure at, at this stage I I have to wonder and you know in in some leagues where I where I did have the number all number one overall pick and I took Jefferson I in most of those spots where I'm still alive I have three receivers that I'm comfortable starting over him that this week given the the uh, context around him him not being at 100% him probably not being all the way back up to full speed after that long layoff, following the hamstring injury, and then, you know, additionally just having the, the brutal quarterback situation, uh, just kind of fouling things up even further.
1: Okay, we'll get back to receivers here in a couple of minutes. Let's get into some running backs. Uh, Josh Jacobs in that same game as Jefferson. He left with a knee injury. They play on Thursday night. Also, Alexander Madison and Jerome Ford were injured over the weekend. So who tops the waiver wire running backs list this week when, uh, you know, somebody might need some desperate moves to, uh, you know, play first round fantasy games.
0: Exactly. So I I think that, you know, Kareem Hunt comes into the the picture on the the Brown side. If Ford's unable to go, Ty Chandler is going to be a popular pickup this week. I'm not completely sold on Ty Chandler. I'm not completely sold on this Vikings run game. Generally, I don't think they have a great run blocking unit to begin with. And I think when you, again, when you have the bad quarterback play it, uh, factored in and you're playing against a, a Cincinnati defense that I know has been very up and down this season, but uh, Lou Anarumo versus Nick Mullins, that, that's a pretty one sided fight. Lou Anarumo, the, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. I think you mm-hmm. can scheme up some stuff to, to really stifle the, this Vikings attack overall. And, you know, if we run into a situation where the Vikings are trailing that then Chandler's utility basically goes out the window and you, you fear that, you know, when, when we're kind of in a neutral script, when the game is, is uh, within one possession uh, that, that even still uh, Chandler could be facing those loaded boxes. So really Chandler's calling card is his speed. If he gets into open space that then, you know, sure um, you, you can be interested or, you know, he can, do some things that are useful for fantasy. But I think that the better running back pickup is in this same game. It's Chase Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I really like the way that he's been coming on over these last two weeks. I thought he looked awesome in that Monday night game against the Jaguars, had the long touchdown against Indianapolis th- this past weekend. Um, I, I've long felt that that the Bengals don't need to just give Joe Mixon 100% of, of the work, but they, I also couldn't totally blame them for – uh, you know, taking him off the field and instead of, uh, you know, your Chris Evans or your Trevion uh, Williams is, but I, I think that Chase Brown is a legitimate difference maker as the number two in that Cincinnati backfield. So I do like Chase Brown as, as my favorite running back pickup this week. And, uh, you know, take a look around on your under waiver wire because a guy like Antonio Gibson might still be available because mm-hmm. Washington was on a buy th- this past weekend. I noticed that he got dropped in a lot of spots. He was productive, in his last game before the buy and if brian robinson's unable to go uh gibson is definitely worth a look as well
1: okay away from the waiver wire thing but you know the seahawks running back situation with walker and charbonnet both they were both i think when they played i don't know how healthy they were but they played them uh both last sunday against san francisco how should fantasy owners proceed if they have those guys
0: So, it's going to be tough, um, but the Eagles haven't been particularly great uh, defensively, um, especially of late, although you you do have to factor in they've played, you know, like four of the best teams in football over the last uh, five weeks or so. So, it's been uh, a real meat grinder of a schedule for for the Eagles. Um, You you do have the added benefit when looking at the Seattle running backs of uh, the extra rest with that game coming on, on Monday night football um Walker if I were to handicap it would, would be my, my preferred option in that backfield and I think if he, assuming that he's active I think you are starting him with with you know uh, mid RB2 type of expectations and I think with him being back healthy um Charbonnet probably falls more into like if you really needed a, a flex consideration but I know he had the good game a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys but and I like Charbonnet in, in the long term but For for Walker right now, I think he's the guy, and I think Charbonnet, more of a change of pace type of guy. And, uh, you know, you're more concerned, I I suppose, looking at running backs with with Charbonnet having having that knee issue going into last week than you are with with Walker having a little bit of a longer layoff. But the oblique uh, injury probably a little bit less uh, severe, less of a hindrance uh, when it comes to him playing the position the way that he's capable of.
1: John McKechnie of rotowire.com, curling in the sports zone. I mentioned Jefferson. Also, Nico Collins was injured last week. So, any uh, desperation wide receiver ideas uh, for this week?
0: Uh, Well, uh, as as far as looking at at Houston goes, well, it was just a brutal day all around, right, for for, for the Texans. I mean, C.J. Stroud gets injured during the course of that game. So, I mean, that that obviously put a huge damper on things. That that was a, a funky game just generally. You see the, the line open last week as the Texans minus six and a half, and a lot of people jumped on that thinking like, oh, hey, like you know, they're playing against the Jets. The Jets are going to score seven points. Like, who cares, yeah, right? But um, the, the Texans just went into a, a tough environment. Uh, weather was terrible, and the line moved to, to the Jets only being three-and-a-half-point dogs, and that, that to me was like a signal that, uh, that the Texans could be in trouble in that game, and that's what ended up happening ultimately. So with Nico Collins going out, it's a calf injury, right? So that's uh, that's tricky for a receiver to cut, come back on, on a quick turnaround and, uh, you know, make it work. You're going up against the Titans, a divisional opponent, a, a team that you know, played pretty well for its own part defensively last night, getting mm-hmm. up in, in the Dolphins' face everything like that. So this is not a, a rosy projection. I, I don't think for, for this um, group of, of Texans wide receivers, if you look down a little bit further, I don't think Noah Brown is capable of carrying an offense. He's a guy that, that you know, it, it's kind of uh, one that benefits from guys like Tank Dell previously or Nico Collins or Dalton Schultz attracting defensive attention away from him. And then he can, he can, you know, make plays when, when he's open, but I don't think he's someone that, that creates, necessarily in that offense. John Metchie continues to you know kind of work his way back at, up to full speed from what we saw of him at Alabama, but he's clearly uh, not there right now. So I, I, I've kind of written him off for, for the rest of this season as in terms of being a factor. Not really uh, going to get too excited about guys like Robert Woods or even Xavier Hutchinson, even though I have a little bit of looming optimism for, for Hutchinson uh, down the road for, for dynasty purposes. But uh, as far as other receivers on the waiver wire, uh, Odell Beckham needs to be picked up in, in every league. I, I don't understand why he's on the waiver wire in a lot of these leagues that, that I'm playing in. Um, he's pretty clearly like the, the best uh, outside weapon that, that the Ravens have at this point. He gets downfield. He looks uh, more and more like himself seemingly every week. You, you get the game in Jacksonville that, this weekend on Sunday night. I feel like he he's really primed uh, to have a solid outing uh, this coming weekend. Uh, you could, you know, Jahan Dotson is someone that you can, you can make the case for, you know, former first rounder had the impressive rookie season last year, but has been extremely up and down this year. But at least uh, when you invest in someone like Dotson, um, you can at least assume that the, that Washington is going to be putting the ball in the air a ton. Maybe Dotson runs into a handful of those targets, So you're not feeling super optimistic there. Um, so Beckham to me is, is the, the guy to pick up. And I do feel like, Uh, one of the trendy guys, the rookie Jonathan Mingo, you know, very similar to what I was saying about the, the Minnesota offense earlier. If you attach a a receiver to, to Bryce young, uh, that's not something that I'm particularly interested in fantasy targets are great, but you know, if they don't turn into catches and, and legit production or, or let alone touchdowns, which they don't in Carolina's case, then, you know, what, what's the, uh, what's the appeal of the volume in that case?
1: Totally agree with that. Um, I'm not really sure how Bryce Young, even when he has time to throw, has become an inaccurate passer, but that's actually happened. All right, on to quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Herbert within the last, uh, well, this morning at some strategical point for the Chargers has been ruled out for the rest of the season. Uh, So if Jake Browning is not available on people's waiver wire, any other quarterbacks out there for people?
0: Well, I, I think that Tommy DeVito would be my my, uh, my primo pickup that, this week. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, he, he looks good. He looks confident. Um, that it's not a great receiving core around him, but Dable is able to scheme up an offense that, that makes it work. Um, you, we saw that time and again last night. So I think that DeVito is fringe startable um, in in one quarterback leagues this week, and and you know definitely worth scooping if you're looking to just kind of add a little bit of depth. Uh, to your quarterback position. They they do have to go down to New Orleans, but New Orleans hasn't been too tough of a place to play for, for opponents this, this year. I think that was the Saints' first win at home this year, and it was against the Panthers, so it, it barely uh, counts. Um, but beyond that, Joe Flacco playing extremely well uh, uh, of late, or at least relative to expectations. I thought he looked very good on Sunday against the Jaguars, and now he faces off against the Bears, who, for their own part, are playing a lot better. You know, I've, I've banked five wins in the last nine games, so they've been, you know, at least an average team. Defensively, they're, they're solid, but I think they're a little bit tougher against the run. So I think Flacco, uh, with the weapons that they have, with, whether it's Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore, David Njoku, has the weaponry around him, I think, to, to be, you know, in the in the discussion, like top 15-ish type of discussion uh, for this week. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I noticed, is floating around on, on some waiver wires as well. He does get the Panthers on the road. So uh, that that could also be a, a spot where if you're really, really pitched at quarterback, I think it, it could make some sense. But beyond that, you know, as far as the other guys stepping in for injured or benched quarterbacks, like your Nick Mullins is or your Easton Sticks, uh, not particularly interested, especially not in Mullins. Stick, there there is a bit of the unknown factor. And it is worth noting that Stick is a pretty tremendous athlete for, for a quarterback. I believe he has the mm-hmm. best, shuttle time of any quarterback in nfl combine history so take wow. take that uh, for what for what you will yeah a little uh, combine nugget i'm getting myself into in shape for uh for the combine coming up <laughs> this, this spring you know pouring over the numbers but i always remember that about him but uh beyond that i mean he had the the really nice balls to quentin johnston Uh, in relief of of Herbert on Sunday you play the Raiders it's obviously a short week so they're going to have kind of a a conservative game plan for stick you'd have to imagine you but uh, I think he can get it done with his legs and if he can just have that connection going with Keenan Allen probably more of like a DFS option than anything else but if if you are uh, in trouble in two quarterback or super flex leagues I think stick it needs to be on the radar at least a little bit
1: all right, talking with John uh, John McKechnie from RotoWire.com. On to the uh, tight end position. Uh, Isaiah Likely, uh, you know, was, was certainly open, and, and they got him the ball. Lamar got him the ball the other day. Uh, they play the Jags this week, and the Jags defense has not been good at all the last couple of weeks, especially against tight ends, so I guess Likely is an obvious choice. If he's not available and people need a tight end, any ideas?
0: Yeah, so Likely was, you know, someone that was a very popular pickup uh, after Mark Andrews was lost for the season. Um, so i got to imagine in most competitive leagues he is uh, already picked up. But a lot of people um, jump ship on Kate, Kate Otten after his uh, goose egg a couple weeks ago. But I, I could mm. see him being worth a look uh, this coming week as they go up to, to Green Bay to, to face the Packers seems like Chigo Conquo, my, my guy coming into this season, is starting to show some, some pulse in this Tennessee offense. De- definitely got some work last night, and that, that's pretty pretty well in line with, with how he's been used over the last couple of weeks. So that there's a, at least a pulse there. And given the tight end landscape, I think that that's at least worth noting. Tyler Conklin is a solid tight end. Um, he's going up against a Miami defense that, you know, is on the field a ton. Last night, so I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, we're, we're counting on Zach Wilson doing doing that trick again and playing well two weeks in a row, something that, that's a little bit tough to count on. But um, I think that, you know, Conklin is definitely worth picking up if you're looking at the tight end position. And then if Tyler Higby is out this coming week against Washington, take a look at Davis Allen. I thought that he looked really solid this past mm-hmm. Sunday, the rookie out of Clemson, he was definitely making some impressive catches against the Baltimore secondary Baltimore lost Kyle Hamilton during the course of that game. That, that definitely changed things as far as the secondary personnel went, but Allen, you know, if for a, a no name rookie tight end, definitely comported himself pretty well under those circumstances. So maybe someone to, to put a pin in for, for later on in the season or as like your, your late round uh, tight end option for, for drafts next season, but, I'm uh, consider me a little bit intrigued by, by Juan Davis Allen.
1: Okay, John, uh, you know, as an employee here for the last 20 plus years, I got a little pull around here finally, so I have the next couple of weeks off, but I have an idea. Um, uh, how about we do a wrap up of the season after January 1st? I'll have uh, Kayla date a good date for you also. Um, I'm actually in a fantasy league for the playoffs, so I wouldn't mind talking to you before that for sure. So how about we do that?
0: I'm, I'm completely open. I always love coming on with you, Bob. So, uh, you, you name the time and, and, uh, and the day, and I'm, I'm going to endeavor to make it work. Definitely, uh, post January one, it works, but I'll make myself available. Uh, anytime you want to talk some Turkey, you know, obviously our listeners that they, they got to know about the fantasy football playoffs, we we got to give them the good, so uh, that is correct. In these next couple weeks that that works for you, it works for me.
1: So I'm guessing my first thought, and I got to double check on this with everybody, but I'm guessing my first thought would be the Tuesday bef- at this time before the fantasy uh, before the, uh, the actual NFL playoffs start. So that's that's my idea there.
0: All right, lock it in.
1: All right, good stuff, John. Always a pleasure talking to you. I guess uh, happy. New Year, Merry Christmas, and all those things.
0: (laughs) Likewise. Same to you. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year to to everyone, to to you, and at the station, to all of our listeners. Uh, Really appreciate you having me on um, every single football season. It's always something I look forward to every single week.
1: Thank you. It's been our pleasure, and uh, we'll continue to do it in the future for sure. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right. I like that. John McCackney from Rotowire.com. Nobody could ever turn down cheers you know, in many ways, whether it be a drink or a television show, which I usually, I'm not much into the sitcom thing back in the day or this day or any day, but I watch that show. So that was fun. All right. Next segment, phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, uh, 602-260-1060, I'll get it right, 602-260-1060. General discussion. uh, I tried to throw that in there, too, somehow. Uh, But it is general discussion. Also, uh, time pending on phone call volume. We'll get to a little local roundup, in case you haven't figured it out yet. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this the next three days, uh, with Kayla especially, during the extra point. But uh, this week, and we're done uh for 2023 so we'll uh, get into that uh a little more maybe even in the final segment of today's show a little bit because i got a couple of things planned for later this week in this show and uh we'll uh we'll uh, we'll wrap things up we'll cover everything that needs to be covered before we get done with 2023 you're listening to sports zone with bob kemp on S am 1060 and caslux hd2 100.7
0: It's time for today's local roundup.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. We got time and room if you want to jump aboard right now, 602 260 1060. First up, let's get to some uh, bottom line answers from today's pipeline. To the uh, pipeline today starts. Uh, with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Are the Chiefs still legitimate AFC contenders? Uh, the bottom line is the Chiefs' wide receivers and offensive line are not good. And I think the Chiefs, because of that, are highly unlikely to improve this season. And also, they've lost three home games this year. Uh, so that's not a good thing, And considering that uh, their success in the AFC playoffs has been all, in the Patrick Mahomes era. They've played every game at home, and it seems unlikely, uh, even though they're probably going to still win the division and get one home game. But after that, they're going to have to win some road games. I'm having a tough time, even in the AFC, which I'm not sure from day to day who the best team is. I don't think the Chiefs are really amongst the top two or three teams right now. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question: Will Dak Prescott win the NL, NFL NFL MVP award? Bottom line is the Cowboys are not the, the they are currently right now the hot team for sure, and Dak is the hot quarterback. That's right now, but Brock Purdy and the 49ers have a much easier remaining schedule, and I think he will be the NFL MVP. Assuming that the voters finally recognize how important Purdy is to the 49ers' success, meanwhile on the local front, are there is, is there really legitimate concern uh, about the Suns? And they're on 12 and 10 start to the season. And the bottom line for me is: now first up, you have to remember, I, I claim to be like the original NBA regular season is a waste of time human being, but. There's. It's probably not a good sign for the Suns that Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal have all missed time already this season uh, because of injury. Hopefully, they will be healthy by April. Meanwhile, Spanning the Globe, back to Spanning the Globe. Has uh, your opinion of the Dolphins and Jordan Love changed after last night? The bottom line is I've never really been a believer in the 2023 Dolphins, but last night's loss was because they were without three offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen. Uh, They started the game without two guys, and then they lost their center during the game. And also, I think that was the biggest reason they lost there. And uh, meanwhile, as far as Jordan Love goes, uh, even I think I was fooled the last few weeks. Last night was the Jordan Love that we've seen, throughout the majority of the season. Yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a really good quarterback long-term, but I'm not so sure. I you know, Certainly, it's hard to trust him the rest of this season after you watch last night's performance by him and the Green Bay Packers. Also, this segment is last call for Week 14, so if you want to get in on a Week 14 comments from the NFL, get in right now. 602-260-1060. And also, in addition, all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, 602-260-1060, last call for all that stuff. Excuse me. Okay, on to the local roundup we go. The Suns tonight host the Warriors. Bradley Beal reportedly played for the first time tonight since November the 12th, but Kevin Durant with an ankle was called questionable on Monday by the Suns. He missed the last game. For the Warriors, Klay Thompson and Chris Paul are expected to return from their recent issues. Um, I'm, I'm sure that Paul is hoping that uh, Scott Foster will not be tonight's lead official for the NBA. Uh, when last seen on Friday night, the Suns lost uh, you know to the uh, Sacramento Kings 10114 to 106. Suns uh, fell to 12 and 10 in the season. Uh, Durant with the ankle, Grayson Allen with the groin. They'd most missed the game. The Suns still scored 33 points in the second quarter and led 59-50 in halftime last Friday night. Unfortunately for the Suns, they scored 12, point, 12 points in the 12-minute third quarter. That might be like a point a minute. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, and they also allowed 66 points in the to the Kings in the second half during that 114-106 loss. They also had, yeah, really zero chance of slowing down De'Aaron Fox, who scored 28 of his 34 points after halftime. Devin Booker, I thought last night looked like he was not last night, Friday night, excuse me, looked like he was out of gas after halftime. He did finish with 28 points on 10 of 14 shooting, but he had just uh, 10 points on 3 of 7 shooting in that second half. Also, the Kings, without Durant playing, they just frequently double teamed Booker and got the ball out of his hands. Bottom line: The Suns are now five and six at home, heading into that game tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Meanwhile, also since uh, I was last here, the Sun Devils were embarrassed. ASU playing its first true road game, nine and a half point road favorites. Uh, ASU got outplayed and outcoached during a 12 point. They blew a 12 point lead and lost on Saturday night, 89 to 84. That's a ton of points in a college basketball game. They lost at the University of San Diego, not San Diego State, which reached the Final Four last year, in the NC Actually, at least they reached the NCAA Tournament Championship Game last year. This was a loss to the University of San Diego, which had lost 20, which lost 20 games last season. They have a roster this season that has nine freshmen. Uh, they are coached by former UCLA you know, mentor Steve Raven, but they're also picked to finish dead last in the West Coast Conference. ASU led this game on Saturday night 71-65, then they allowed 13 points in a row, trailed 78-71, they rallied to tie the game at 83, but then some bad rebounding and some low basketball IQ plays helped USD score six of the last seven points of the game. Statistically speaking, ASU's lack of size has been an issue all season long that contributed to another poor rebounding night really non-existent rim protection on Saturday night ASU was out rebounded 41 to 33. They got outscored 16 to 4 in second chance points. They were also minus 10 in point, uh, paint points. Outscored 42 to 32. They also couldn't shoot a free throw. They were 14 to 24 from the charity stripe. So throw a uh, together in ASU is now 6 and 3 on the season. And if they're uh, actually on the NCAA tournament bubble come March, which quite frankly seems unlikely, but if they are, losing to San Diego will be a huge negative. Before Saturday, San Diego had lost its two previous games in embarrassing fashion. They had lost 106-81 at Utah State, and they lost 88-64 at Stanford. ASU next plays on Saturday against TCU. I can hear it now. People are going to call this a rematch of last season's NCAA tournament game when ASU was eliminated by TCU in Denver. However, the truth is very few players on these two teams this season, their current rosters, almost none of them, participated in that game last year when ASU lost and got eliminated by TCU. Meanwhile, quickly, the U of A looks like it is the nation's top team. They are ranked the nation's top team. They destroyed Wisconsin on Saturday, ninety-eight to seventy-three. It was a 23-23 game midway through the first quarter until the U of A first half I should say, until the U of A went on a twenty to two run and then just completely took over the game. They continue to be tremendous in Tommy Lode's three seasons, especially before Christmas. He's been they've been incredible. Will they actually be incredible in March this year, which they have been disappointing? In Lloyd's first two seasons, we'll have to wait and see for that. But right now, the UVA playing uh, as well as any team in the country. They next play on Saturday. This will be a fun game. They play nine and one Purdue at Indianapolis on Saturday, and uh, that's followed by Alabama in the uh, in the in downtown Phoenix. That game's at the Footprint Center. And then they wrap up the non-Pac-12 schedule with Florida Atlantic at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Florida Atlantic also reached the Final Four last season, so we'll see what happens with that. One of other quick note, the local roundup, uh, Tucson and U of A related. The U of A football team will be without top NFL prospect. Uh, in the Alamo Bowl, Jordan Morgan uh, has opted out. He's, uh, he's skipping the game to prepare for the 2024 NFL Draft. He missed all last season with a, leg, with a knee injury, so this is the right thing for Morgan to do. He is projected to be a number one draft pick by several my, the media mock drafters out there. I've seen him in the first round of uh, those mock drafts at least you know two or three times. I don't really get into too many of these mock drafts now, so I'm sure it's a higher number than that. So he's doing the right thing. Uh, U of A without their left tackle, we'll see if that affects their offense when they play Oklahoma in the elbow Bowl. All right, coming up next, news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sensational one-hour radio program with the National Roundup. We went to a little bit from last night, the two uh, Monday night games. They were very entertaining, thank God. That was good for me yesterday. I had uh, some sleep issues in the uh, previous 24 hours. You think that's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're older, you understand that a little more probably than if you're a young person. Uh, but uh, that was pretty much uh, a big problem for me on Saturday, uh, Sunday night and Monday. Uh, but we're good today and hopefully good for the foreseeable future, at least this week. And then we get like, I got like two hours to sleep after this week uh, before we come back for 2024. You're listening to sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Welcome back. Final segment of today's zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and K-Selects HD2 100.7. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also our guest today, our final fantasy football segment of 2023 with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Good luck in your playoffs out there. I'm fortunate enough I almost didn't make my playoffs this year. And this is a league I've actually won four times. I was pretty nervous going into the weekend, but I made the playoffs. And uh, we'll see how it goes now. I need you know Justin Jefferson to actually play and catch a pass or two and not get hurt this weekend to advance. That's me. All right, also on Wednesday at 10-15, we'll go around the NFL with Eric at home from NFL Media. Uh, sound of Day, courtesy of CBS, NBC, ESPN, and ABC. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. Quickly, a couple things from last night. The football games, uh, which were highly entertaining. Will Levis, uh, a 75-yard drive that took one minute and 54 seconds, capped that off with a three-yard touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins, and then they had the two-point conversion throw to Nick Westbrook-Akina uh, that gave the Titans... Uh, Uh, the lead in the eventual 28-27 victory at Miami. The Dolphins took over with no timeouts to go on their own 45, but Harold Landry got third, uh, sacked Tua Tungvaloa to put the game away. Tua, I can't understand why you hold on to that ball. You got this fourth down. You have to make a play. Just throw it up, and maybe your guy will catch it. But he took the sack. I guess he thought he was going to run for a first down. His chances of running for a first down in that situation are about as good as me running for a first down in that situation. Miami lost at home for the first time this season. Three-game winning streak is over. First time they've lost to a team below 500 this year. And now Baltimore, because of the Miami Lee, uh, loss last night, Baltimore has a one-game lead for the best record in the AFC. Meanwhile, Jordan Love was outplayed by Tommy DeVito last night. DeVito threw a 32-yard touchdown pass to Wandral Robinson to set up uh, Randy Bullock's 37-yard field goal as time expired. The Giants beat Green Bay 24-22 on Monday night. Uh, The Packers first lost in December since Matt LaFleur took over in 2019. They hadn't lost a game in any December into uh, since the took over until last night that they didn't show up last night it was a bad performance by Green Bay the giants 57 yards on uh, 8 plays after Jordan Love had actually thrown a 6-yard touchdown pass to Malik Heath with 133 to go uh, Green Bay tried a two-point conversion but the uh, Jaden uh Jordan Jaden Jaden yeah Jaden Reid uh, that play was stopped by linebacker Bobby O'K- O'Kekere. I'll get that right. I don't think that's right. Uh, The dude who used to play for the Colts is now playing for the Giants. He made the play. Uh, Love last night. Good numbers. It looked uh, good. 25-39 for 218, but a lot of plays he did not make in that game last night for the Giants. All right, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow for a full three hours of radio uh, enjoyment, I'm sure. Uh, with the Sports Zone from 10 to 11, the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1 o'clock. On uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, those will be our final three shows of 2023. Uh, so uh, if you want to uh, get in phone call wise, those, uh, those will be your last three times to say goodbye to us for 2023. This has been the Sports Zone for today with Bob Kemp. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Thanks for listening.